Thanks for listening to episode 28 of Not the Worst Podcast. Today we talk about the new shooter Rogue Company going free to play, Twitch soundtrack, and Cyberpunk 2077's development crunch. Come join us. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Not the Worst Podcast, episode 28. I am JD, and this is my host, co-host, Anthony, and we are going to talk to you a little bit about some gaming and streaming news today. Uh, say Woo-hoo. hi. Hi. I'm not as energetic or as exciting. It's not that I'm not excited about the topics today. I'm just, I don't have the energy. I'm trying, I'm I trying to po- be a good host. I have to pump up the energy. I have to be like, let's get excited. For the podcast! podcast. Oh, oh crap. I never took... Well, whatever. Podcast. You guys are going to have to deal with the green screen today. I Nobody cares screen. about the green yeah. screen because this is an audio podcast. 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 I'm not on my channel. But Nobody anyway, sorry. Nobody cares about your channel yes. because it goes on Spotify. 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 Uh-oh. What? <laughs> well. Um. Well, anyway, I'll go to do my introduction. <laughs> Um, <laughs> all right. <laughs> I, um, I'm Anthony. Uh, this is episode 28 and not the worst podcast. I'm going to stop my intro and do you want me to go to introduce, um, the next or to the first topic or do you sure. want to talk? Do it do up. You, well, do you, do you have anything? Uh, well, I was just going to talk about, um, the streamer dude that is trying oh. to, I guess he's trying to become like a 24-7 streamer. Uh, this guy named GP Hustla, which honestly, just for that name, you're never going to become a 24-7 streamer. Um, but <laughs> this guy has been streaming for over 1,100 hours at this point. He has been streaming nonstop That's insane. without turning off his computer or his stream since August. And in fact... The uh, when you watch a Twitch stream, it tells you the duration at the bottom. Apparently, that resets every forty-eight hours, uh, and he found that out. So, <laughs> so he, he has, does have he has his own counter on his stream about how long he's streaming. Yeah, uh, even even it says even when he goes to run errands and stuff, he he takes the stream with him. Uh, when he sleeps, he he I guess I don't know what he I guess he decategorizes the stream so that he can sleep on the stream and keep it going um and he's just he's kept it going he just and apparently it's gotten to the point where it's kind of become a rush for him so he wants to keep it going and he wants to he wants to apparently break the official guinness book of world records for consecutive streams before this the longest stream was only 200 hours and this dude's at 1100 i don't know how legit that is because nobody's ever heard of this dude and he only has a very small community watching him, but it's interesting. I'm assuming, um, at first I thought he was doing this like a social experiment, but you said he might be working to break a Guinness Book World Record. Um, me. I mean, the article says he would have to start that in January. And the, the official world record is only 161 hours. So I'm assuming that that's because somebody officially from Guinness has to like watch it for the whole time to make yeah. sure it. So that's probably why that makes but, perfect sense. Yeah. So I don't know if he'll be, keep the stream going until then he might try, but you know, there's, there's, 
there's got to be some stuff that forces you to turn a stream off eventually. Uh, I mean, that's, I don't know. Get a girlfriend, man. Unless he lives in... <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's what he's hoping for. <laughs> he's putting all his dirty laundry out there for the world to see. And yeah. the girl, if she loves him, will love him for who he is. Because she now knows everything. She won't. She won't. They no. never do. They never do. <laughs> all right. Anyway, that was just our intro. Just a weird uh, little Twitch fact for you. Uh, let's jump into the first topic, which is going to be Rogue Company. We like Rogue Company. Anthony likes Rogue I sure Company. I sure do. I and sure do. The game has officially gone free to play, which is very cool. We've both been playing it, uh, Anthony a little bit more than me, but it's been super fun. And it was pretty easy to get a free code before. You didn't have to pay for it before. But I don't I don't know why they were charging anyway, because they it was always their intention to go free to play. Uh just like pretty much everything high res has ever made is free to play. So now now if you didn't have a code and you didn't want to pay the fifteen bucks or whatever it was to play it before, now you can just go download it for free and start playing. Which is cool. That's and that's on everything, uh consoles and PC. Um yep. a friend of mine or a member of Rogue Company, um he verified it's available in the Xbox Marketplace. Uh, you can either get a access code straight from Rogue Company's website, or you can go to Epic Games if you're on PC or your console's game store and download it from there. I'm super excited about this because that means a lot more people are going to be able to play. Um, mm -hmm. I think I, I'm not sure why, J, like JD said, why Hi-Rez opted to have people pay for it during the closed beta. When they were literally giving out codes like candy, though it had slowed down because it got to the point I had people asking me if I had a code available that they haven't been able to find one because they wanted to play. So they they slowed down just before going open, and I, they were getting more traction. I think at least I got a lot more requests from people within Regiment and uh, people within my stream asking if I had a code for Road Company, which I didn't. I I could not figure out how to enable drops on my stream. I would have loved to because a lot of people were looking for it. Um, but it didn't work out, but it, it did work. Cause I know several people who paid for the game either. Cause they were really, really wanted to play or they were really lured in by the special skins. And you got like, depending on the tier you bought, you got one free rogue, two free rogues or something like that. So, right. and then you got some skins. Um, right. like, I mean, for people that are getting it for free, like any smite game, you're going to have to pay for the characters or, or play a long time to unlock them, right? So, you know, people are still end up ending up going to pay that price. They are. And honestly, um, I'm actually glad you mentioned that people have to play a long time to start unlocking more gods and smite because uh, one of the biggest complaints, uh, I meant to mention this to you earlier when you brought up Rogue Company going to open beta because I went to look at it immediately when you told me about it and mentioned uh, they also have a new Rogue, which we'll get into in a little bit. Um. A lot of people are complaining right now because all the rogues are now at fifteen thousand in um whatever the credit the money really? system is. They yes, bumped them they all, all up to fifteen. That takes forever. Stump. It does, and I it, and I know it does because I uh, JD played quite a bit. I played more than him. I finally got fifteen thousand, and I bought glitch because like, well, there's only two expensive ones. It was Vi and glitch. I was like, I'm gonna get the two most expensive and then buy all the cheap ones that, that I think the cheapest was five thousand and it was ten and then it was fifteen. Well, that's gone now. They're all fifteen and I'd never bought the cheap ones. Yeah, so I should have probably just bought all, bought three five thousand rogues with my fifteen. I didn't think they were gonna do that. Yeah. Because in spite 
all the gods are varied in prices, aren't they? Depending uh, on their tiers and difficulty. The gods, I think, vary in smite gems, but I think for favor, all the gods are the same. Okay. I It's been a while since I played or smite. Or it's the other way around. Camera. It's all the gods are the same smite gems, but they vary in different favor. I don't know. It's been a while since I've done that, too. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that sucks that they've changed the price on the rogues, especially after having them cheaper and then making them more expensive. I mean, I and unlocked my Scorch at 5,000, so <laughs> suck it, nerds. <laughs> did I get Scorch? Yeah, I grabbed Scorch, too. So I was able to get Glitch and Scorch before it went up. And Scorch, well, was the most broken rogue. Yeah. Um, but when we get into Dahlia, the new, or Dahlia, <laughs> Dahlia yeah. the new rogue, I have not seen her yet. I just found out about her today, along with the uh, price prices for the rogues. Which, uh, I think that's one of the reasons why is everybody upset. One, because it went up in price. And two, I guess high-res didn't let anybody know that they were about to get bumped in price. Which, that's not entirely cool. I mean, I mean... High-res is really bad at stuff like that, though. High-res is, like, notoriously bad at communicating that kind of stuff. So, a lot of people are... Yeah, so I guess it's not entirely shocking. I mean, I played a lot of Smite back in the day with JD, but he was more involved with high-res and stuff like that. Like, he kept track and still keeps tabs more than I do. Yeah. So he, he would know things like that better. I, I know some of high-res's poor practices, but not as much as JD does. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, like I, I mean, said, we... Maybe they'll maybe they'll be better. Maybe they'll get better, but that's kind of that's kind of silly to raise the prices and not even announce it not even give people like three days or something be like hey we're about yeah. to raise the prices so if there's a rogue you want you might as well buy it as soon as you get the yeah. the currency and but see, not hold that, it. and that's why they don't do it because if mm -hmm. you had if you had that currency to spend you would have spent it and now they're getting you to spend more right they're getting you to yeah like that's true they're they're scummy that way sometimes with high res Capitalistic society is how it works. Hi, buddy. So, oh, no. <laughs> I think JD's son just got home. Hey, Jean-Luc, how you doing, bud? Well, he can't hear me, and I'm saying you. hi to him. <laughs> yeah. wow, <laughs> He's getting no, big. Can't get up, bud. Can't get up. <laughs> okay. All right, I guess he's joining the podcast. Say we have hello. a guest. For International Podcast Day, we have a guest host. Um, it's Jean-Luc. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> John Luke, what's your thoughts on Rogue Company and them upping the prices to the rogues? Say, shut up, Anthony. <laughs> Funny. Uh, anyway, so yeah, so let's talk about the new Rogue Dahlia. Yeah, I know you said you haven't seen her. I watched some people playing her on Twitch today. Uh, she's kind of nuts. She's got some really complex features uh one of the one of the things she has is a new smg called i want to say objector and it's really fast like the fire rate on that thing is super quick so it's super short range though too because it spreads like a shotgun basically uh, mm -hmm. but but i mean you get somebody around a corner and they're basically dead if you have a shot if you have your smg and they they don't have anything that can counter it and this game's mainly close range. I mean, yeah, you got some long range moments, but there's some maps that there's no. You can't press the buttons. But... <laughs> literally, no. Uh, it's literally nothing but short range. Um, with the regular, like the thing, 
so I'll have to see this, but from what it sounds like, Scorch's SMG still may be more overpowered than Dahlia's on the fact that she does have more range with it, uh, as opposed to um, uh, to Dahlia's, or yeah, as opposed to Dahlia's, who sounds like you have to be closer to do damage. I mean, obviously, I'm sure players, if they play her well, can still pick people off with the SMG. Uh, what's her What's her other weapon? Because I know the SMG is the one you focused on. Yeah, it, I, didn't, I didn't see the other weapon, but I'm assuming it's some sort of medium to long range kind of DMR or something like that. That's usually the alternate. Um, but uh, yeah, that I, I mean, that SMG is crazy. I think probably only Scorch can compete in terms of um, time to kill with that thing. Uh, but she also has very unique passive and ability. Her ability lets her link to another rogue, and you can pick the rogue at the beginning of, beginning of the round, and you get to pick one each round. Uh, when you're linked to that rogue, if you're within 30 meters of them, when they go down, they will automatically revive. And you can actually get perks that make it faster. So it's a really fast revive. And she doesn't have to be, she doesn't have to manually trigger it or stand over them like you do for a normal revive. She just has to be within 30 meters of them. Uh, and the other thing is her passive is called the buddy system. So as long as she's linked to somebody, she gets to use parts of their passive. Uh, and one example of this that was interesting to me was uh, Dallas, because Dallas's passive is the scanning thing that lets him see through walls, and he can recharge his passive by downing enemies. So if you have linked with Dallas, you can also recharge your passive uh, to revive people by downing enemies. So you could probably, you could potentially down, revive more than one person in a round by using that passive. So that's very interesting. This to me is both cool and slightly annoying sounding because, and the reason why I say that is, um, Dahlia sounds like the most complex rogue some right from right now. Um, I have not played all the rogues. I vaguely know all their abilities. I've been manning Anvil and uh, Dima, um, and I have played a little bit of Dallas. I, I did do crap. What's the medic's name? Saint. I can't remember his name. Saint. Yes, I've done some Saint. So I know I'm familiar with their abilities and passes and stuff, but it sounds like Dahlia brings more to the table for their abilities and passes and uh, equipment uh, and stuff. I don't know that she brings more because she does have to be selective, right? She can't she can't just like switch who she's linked with. Once she's linked with them, she's linked until everybody's dead, basically. Um, yeah, but if you if you get a good comp, which is like always the big thing in uh, Smite. You have right. to have a good team and a good comp to dominate. They're going to always know who to link with. And if they, okay, so like if you're talking about demolition, it's a, the best out of seven match, no respawn. Okay. So they lost the first match based off the other team's comp. And they're like, okay, so this is, I'm not going to link with you anymore. It sounds with their comp and their play tactics, I'm going to link with you the next round and they can adapt for a round. Now, yeah, it's going to be a little more difficult because we, um, JD and I, before the episode started, we mentioned Aphro Aphrodite and Smite. She links up with different gods and it gives, she can give them damage buff. No, I'm thinking of hell. Does damage buff, damage buff and heal or is that? I don't know what you're talking about. When Aphrodite links with somebody, she gives them mana and movement speed and she can heal them. Yeah. So it sounds like though the only thing Dahlia offers from what we've heard and read so far to other players is she can revive them if they're close enough. It's mm -hmm. good. It's another healer for Saint's ability. 
And then she has her, she can kind of sort of leech off the other player that she's linked up with for her passives. So if she wants to be able to revive more often, she can link up with uh, Dallas, like JD said. And every time she downs somebody, get her her ability to reset faster. And then she's going to also have a passive that allows her revive, like JD said already, to revive faster, which Saint also has that passive. I I wonder if you can double dip. If she linked up to Saint. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. I I forget what Saint's passive is. But yeah, I've, I've been sitting here thinking about other passives. Like, what if she links up to Shock? Does she get to revive herself like Shock does? You talk about passive, right? No, no, that's his ability. No, that's his ability. It's his passive. I don't know. I I, I don't know the passives. I'm not familiar enough with the passives to be able to talk about the complications with Dahlia, but that's still, it's an interesting interesting prospect. Yeah. So we'll have, we'll have to see how she pans out. She's obviously, she's very close range. I don't know about her alternate weapon, but I don't think many people are going to use it. That SMG is really powerful, but it just, it makes her a really close range uh, attacker. So, yeah. Um, so she definitely and, has her limitations, but she definitely but has some complexity to her too. She also sounds like she's a lot more used. And one of my biggest complaints is um, with the rogues. It And maybe this is my fault from coming from a game like Smite from high res. Um, where every god has a, a specific purpose and they are built to fill that purpose. Some all have multiple purposes. Like I know JD's mentioned a couple that can play jungle, they can play solo, they can, like, depending on how you build them and all that. Um, and again, this might be my fault for expecting this in Rogue Company. Because um, was Smite High Res's first game, or at least first big no. game that actually. No, it's not. Smite was their most successful game, but they. They also did the uh, Tribes series. That was also kind of a cult classic kind of game. Okay. Well, um, uh, one of my biggest complaints, it's mainly, and I don't know if I'm, I know people say if you're complaining, it's your biggest complaint, why do you keep playing them? Is like somebody like Anvil, he's slotted as a tank. However, everybody can buy the extra armor like he does. So it's not a huge deal. And I'll have to double check. I actually haven't paid attention. I think he's got the same health value as everybody else as well. And the only thing that really makes him the tank is the fact that he has ability you can buy, or um, I don't know if it's really an ability, a passive or whatever, that makes him take less damage from explosives, and then he can pop his shield. Well, that shield is useless because he can only do it once per match. And then once you put it down, it's done. And if you put it poorly or the team rotates, you can't do anything else after that. And... Um, apparently the shield, I found out recently the hard way, you can still shoot through the glass. You you just take less damage. And eventually the glass will break before the rest of the shield, and then you have nothing to protect you at all. Um, So I guess maybe I'm, again, I might be expecting too much as uh, Anvil's to be like the tank of the game, but he doesn't really seem tanky to me. He goes, seems like he goes down just as quick as anybody else. The only thing that really may make him feel like a tank is the fact that you can put a mobile shield down, which I've used, I've learned to not really just use. Um, I've used it to main. The main thing I've been using a shield for is to area denial and areas where the shield will literally block block off an entire alley. Like if we're trying to take an objective, I do that so that it gives the enemy team they had the option for three places to attack us from. Now they're forced to go to two because they denied that one air, that passage. I mean, they can still destroy it. But if they're trying to get there quickly, because like like on demolition, 
there's a couple times I've done it where the bomb was about to go off and they had to get there quick. So they didn't have time to destroy the shield. They had to go the other two ways. And if all of my team is alive, that's two people watching two ways instead of having to watch three. So it makes it easier to stop the enemy team. Um, and the, the other one is obviously somebody goes down, I pop the shield if the, they went down in the open and I can pop the shield to give me cover while I re revive them. But um, again, it might be me expecting too much from Rogue Company because I'm thinking more on the longs of Smite because that's my most familiar game from Hi-Rez and how that game is. And maybe me just being bitter about Anvil. But Dahlia seems to me personally, I'll have to play her and look more into her. Um, it's going to be wild because now everything's 15,000. <laughs> yeah. But she appears to be the most complex. Um, uh, all the other rogues do decently well as well but hey well we'll see I'm, I'm still liking this game i'm excited about it uh jd likes to main smite um he gets very he can get very competitive with this is not a bad thing i'm not saying this is a down thing on him he likes being competitive in smite but he does like playing with friends and having a good time i kind of want rogue company to be that game for me um that when I'm, i i get competitive when i want to i want to actually be good at it not just a casual game to play at but also if a friends hop on with me um, I can just play to have a good time and not really be super worried about wins. I mean, I'm competitive by nature. I'm always going to be deep down upset when I lose, but maybe the amount of upset will be decreased when I'm just trying to have a good time as opposed yeah. to when I get sweaty. So, I mean, the nice thing about Rogue is that the matches are a lot more casual. Like, a match doesn't mm -hmm. have to last very long. And you can just move no, on No, they're the super one. quick. Yeah. So, they yeah, are very it's quick. definitely got... It's definitely a little more... Casual. Uh, yeah, I guess casual is the only word that really describes it. But yeah, um, so yeah, I can understand that. And I and I like Rogue Company too. I haven't played it much recently, but as far as shooters go, it's probably the most fun I've had on a shooter in a long time. So I think that's another reason why I like it so much. I mean, it's not an FPS, but I've tried, like, I don't know if it's my old age or I just don't game as much, so I've lost practice, but I cannot enjoy shooters as much. Yeah. The only other shooter I can somewhat enjoy right now is Hell Let Loose, but even then I have to play in doses. I can't. Rogue Company is the only shooter uh, I've been able to play consistently. I tried Valorant. I played maybe two matches, like, nope, not for me, and moved on. Which yeah. is, it doesn't mean it's a bad game. It's just, it wasn't for me. Sure. So. All right, let's move on. We've been on this for a while. Yeah, we uh, have. The next topic, we're going to talk about Twitch Soundtrack. It's a brand new feature from Twitch. Uh, it's just debuting today, so I'm not even sure if people can, if everybody can sign up for it. It might be a limited thing. But anyway, let's talk about what it is. Twitch Soundtrack is very interesting. Mm. I just read the article literally right before this podcast started, so I'm not going to get all the details right. Uh, but it sounds interesting enough that I want to install it, so... If, if you haven't listened to our podcast, a couple of episodes ago, we talked about how Twitch is getting in trouble with music companies. Uh, DMCAs have been hitting a lot of Twitch streamers, and there was a period there where Twitch streamers were struggling to go back through their old videos and delete them all if they had music in them because they were getting copyright strikes. And if you get enough copyright strikes, you get your channel banned. Yeah. So this has been a problem with Twitch for a while now. They've been in talks with the music industry for like two years. And they've been trying to come up with new tools to help streamers play music without getting in trouble. Uh, and this sounds like the first real one that's doing that. So one of the things that this does that's really, really cool. First of all, this is a separate application that interfaces with your streaming stuff, right? So you will 
add this to OBS or Streamlabs or whatever you're using to stream. Uh, and then what this does is separates the music that you're playing from the rest of your audio, which is honestly really cool just mm -hmm. by that by itself because it means that you have different tracks for your in-game, your mic, and your music now instead of combining it all together, which is what you, people usually do because it's easier. Um, so this is going to separate that music. And what happens is you will, you'll go live with your stream and you'll play some music and you'll play some games and you'll talk to your chat. And then when the VOD saves after you close down the stream, it doesn't save the music with everything else. That's so, actually really cool. That's really cool, right? So yeah. you have this music, you can play it live. It's fun. You have a good time. And then you're not going to get any copyright strikes on your VOD because it doesn't have the music attached with it because it was saved in this soundtrack area, uh, which is really, really neat. Of course, I, I think one of the main limitations of this is that at least for now, the music's going to be pretty limited, uh, the yeah. music that goes through soundtrack. But this they've already been talking to different platforms and different uh, musicians. They have... So they're they're getting like SoundCloud involved. They're getting DistroKid. Uh, they've got some other indie indie favorites and stuff like that. They're gonna have playlists up for different moods of music that you want to play. Mm -hmm. uh, and th and I think this will keep getting bigger, obviously, as time goes on. But at least now you have a source for music that you can play at any time. This is all copyright stuff. So if you go into soundtrack, co copyright free stuff. Sorry. So if you go into soundtrack and you're looking for something, everything in there that you can access, you can play on your stream, which is awesome. And of course it'll well, do the separation thing. You mentioned the the fact that it doesn't put in the VOD and actually to me, that's a huge deal because uh, right now I've been using uh, something through um, Spotify, which is, uh, I got two different artists that have allowed people to play their music. They're, they're indie artists and they're mostly uh, instrumental they don't have vocals um so that way i <clears throat> excuse me i cannot get hit with copy strikes because they've given everybody permission the only downside is i'm cheap i don't pay for spotify so i get in random commercials that pop up in the middle of my stream so it which can be irritating but at the same time i'm still able like if i want to clip part of my vod and save it into my video my vods on twitch i won't get a copyright strike but what with jd saying i will now be able to clip my videos and not worry about the music popping up in the stream and getting hit with a copyright strike now lucky for me i'm small enough that back i i had the same issue i had to go through a lot of my old vods delete videos that had music in it but i'm a smaller streamer so i wasn't super work i it, I had a lot more time to go through my VODs than most people did to delete these clips before I got hit with something. But um, uh, another thing that JD said that stood out to me, and because I've had to do a lot of backdoor kind of uh, magician whatever stuff to my stream to allow me to have multiple audio sources on my stream, one from my mic, right, right now... Well, not right now is not a good example because I'm in the podcast and I only really need two audio sources for the podcast. But when I'm streaming, um, you may hear music playing and then you hear the game audio and you hear me talking. Well, the music is on its own audio. The game in my Discord audio is on another audio source and my mic is did that. And I did that with a third party app called Voice Meter Banana. Um, and it makes like a fake audio source for my computer to detect and I can split them any way I want. 
And it's been allowing me to do something called ducking. Um, so when I have music playing, it automatically lowers the volume on the music every time I speak. So I don't have to have people worry about saying, hey, the music's louder than you. I can't hear you. Well, if with Twitch, the Twitch soundtracks, JD says is going to add another audio source to add to your stream. So you can probably duck that as well. So if you have music playing while you're streaming, you can have it lower immediately the moment you speak and you can set it to where it's like an abrupt lower or is a gradual lower so it kind of sounds like you're doing your own radio show and as the dj speaks the music slowly fades out you can set up to do things like that um or like if you're playing a game and you end up in an intense moment where the audio in the game is loud but the, you don't want the music to take away from what's happening in the game you can have it so when the game hits a certain decibel limit the music starts lowering so the music the game is louder than the music so with twitch soundtrack adding the second audio source for those who don't want to v mess around with vdb uh something like voice meter because voice meter it's not really complicated but it can be a pain in the butt if you don't know what you're doing and like i recently because the reason why my audio was messed up at the beginning of the stream i had to unplug my headset because this is the only headset i had to go play on my laptop and it screwed up everything in my audio settings. And in order for me to reset it, I had to delete everything, uh, VB audio, uh, all my sources, and then man start from scratch. So um, a third-party program can be a pain in butt like that. But with Twitch soundtracks, you're, you're sh it's hopefully, in theory, shouldn't have to worry about like all the mess I had to do to get to what I have right now for my setup. So, yeah. So that's a pretty cool feature that is just starting, right? So it's only going to get better. It's not, mm -hmm. I don't think it's fully realized yet. There's definitely going to be some kinks in the beginning. Uh, obviously, they're going to need more music, a lot more music, because right now it's mostly electronic and dance music. Uh, so hopefully that improves. Uh, but it still sounds really cool, and it sounds exactly like what we need as streamers. So at least Twitch is trying. Good job, Twitch. Yeah, right. and at least they're looking out for the streamers, which... yeah. A lot of people accuse Twitch of not doing, but it looks like they're actually, in this case, taking an effort to protect and help out the streamers. It's gonna probably, it may be a slow process, but hey, they're trying. A lot of people don't do that. Yeah. All right, let's move on to our final topic. We are going to talk about Cyberpunk 2077. So This upsets me a little bit. Yeah, it's kind of crappy. So very recently, I think yesterday, Cyberpunk announced to their developers uh, that they are going to force their developers to work to do game crunch over the next few weeks while the game is getting to the point where it's going to ship out. Uh, and they are forcing them to work six days a week. So they have to pick a day on the weekend. Now they've said that they are going to compensate everybody who's working those extra days, but it is basically forced overtime. And this is something we have talked about on the show before. Game crunch is an epidemic in the game developing industry. Uh, everybody does it, and some of them are a lot worse than others. I imagine Cyberpunk's probably on the positive side of how bad this stuff can get. Um, but the one of the big things about this is the Cyberpunk people, the CD Projekt, CD Projekt Red is the, the company, they have said in the past, they even did an interview with a gaming site last year saying that they would never force overtime they would never force crunch uh they they talked about how they have crunch but they don't consider it obligatory um which first of all let's talk about how stupid that is because the idea <laughs> of crunch 
is is that you're working to finish a project. So who's the jackass developer that's going, oh, I'm not going to crunch today. I'm going to go home and eat dinner with my family. And then everybody else yeah. is staying behind. Nobody's doing that. So just because they say it's not obligatory crunch doesn't mean it's not actually obligatory crunch. You know what I mean? It's like being voluntold. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway. I'm glad you actually mentioned that, but I'll let you finish what you're saying then. Uh, I'll yeah. add the voluntold thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, that that's already dumb. But then to come out now a year later and 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 I kind of want to say that I kind of get it, right? Because of COVID, a lot of things got messed up. A lot of things got pushed back. A lot of things got delayed. And they're trying to get this game out that's been delayed like six months at this point. Um, so, yeah, I get that there's there's some pressure to get this game out. And, and it's probably been something that they've worked on for years. So they wanted to get it just right. I get all that. Crunch sucks, and to say that you're not going to make it obligatory and then come out and make it obligatory is messed up. Um, so that's it's really kind of sad. Hopefully, these developers consider it worth it. A lot of them have already been doing Crunch for months at this point, or years probably, uh, and, and now they're just now it's just obligatory instead of the non-obligatory one. <laughs> Which so. is, I mean, if you guys remember, we talked big about Crunch when we mentioned. Um, anthem not just anthem we, we were talking about last of no, us last part of us two part two yeah by um why did i forget their, co- naughty their company's dog. name naughty dog um and then we obviously we went into anthem because anthem had some of the worst one the worst crunch in it um recently but uh the jd made a joke about voluntold uh, for those of you who are not military voluntold is basically hey would you like to do this at a like a daycare would you like to read books to children at a daycare no not really well good because i signed you up for it that's voluntold yeah um and you're not volu- you're volunteering by being voluntold to do it now the reason why i laughed is when jd told me about the story the first thing i thought is like man i've had many days in my career where they're like hey you know how we said you can go home at four o'clock today and have your weekends that's not happening anymore you're staying to about seven and we may let you have Sunday, but you're definitely coming in on Saturday. Yeah. That has happened. I don't know how many times. And and the military is kind of hard to say no to that stuff. Um, I don't know how what, CD Project Red is Swedish, Polish, 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 Polish. Polish. I don't know how Poland works. Um, I don't know if they got unions to protect their workers and whatnot. So I don't know if the worker. Can, uh, I would assume the worker would have a pretty easy ability to say, "No, screw you. I'm going home." Whereas in the military, you can say that, but the consequences are pretty bad. But I'm mainly bringing that up because of the whole aspect of crunch and being overworked to accomplish something. Yeah, you achieved your goal, but what has that done to your employer or employee in the long run? Even if you think this is a one-time thing, they always promise you this is going to be a one-time thing. And as JD said, that he already said, we'll never do this obligatory. And now they're doing it. Yep. So, and I don't know how many times they're like, hey, this is only going to happen once. And then next thing I know, oh, by the way, next month we're doing this, but longer instead of one week, we're doing this for two weeks. So, and that takes a toll, even if it's a here and there thing, that can take a toll on an employee real quick. And I can only imagine them, the employees of CD Project Red and what they're thinking right now. Now, I, from what I know, this is their only case of it so far and hopefully it will be their only case and as jd said 
uh, with COVID, it's kind of justifiable. And every game developer and console maker is all about releasing during the holidays. And November is just the beginning of the holidays and the big sales moments for gaming. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's hard not, like, I can empathize with what's happening. Like, I get why they yeah. think they need it. But the problem is that this is a slippery slope, right? Because they force these guys to work this crunch. And from the manager's perspective, from the top-up perspective, what they see is a couple extra bugs got fixed, a little more polish was added, and things look good. They don't really care about the welfare of the employee. So the next time the next game comes around, they remember to this one, and they go, man, that crunch really worked. We did good job with that crunch. Let's do it again <laughs> and yeah. double it. Yeah. So it's and again, it's and the, re the only reason why I'm doing this too is one, JD's a veteran. I'm active, and we our podcast is supposed to be about mil some non-political military news and um, um, pop culture and gaming. Um, and he said another thing that resonated pretty well. He goes, "Oh, we are only going to do this once." Oh, wait. This actually worked really well. That has been an ongoing thing in my career as well. It's like, hey, we need to cut back on people. Don't worry. It's temporary. Uh, we, we're going to need you guys to work extra to make up for the amount of people we're going to lose. Well, there was a period the military is like, holy crap, we're getting the job done with less people. How much more can we eliminate to get the job done <laughs> and with less people? Yeah. And that took a huge toll on us. And that's exactly what this could do. When these companies realize, look what our employees were able to accomplish in this short period of time when we made them do a little extra. Let's see how further we can take it next time and how much more we can accomplish then. But then the issue, my biggest complaint about time crunch, not only our crunch culture, not only because of uh, what it does to the employees, but to us as gamers, that's when games start getting faulty and defective. More mistakes are made because the company's more worried about rushing it out and achieving these goals. Um, we all know EA fell the biggest victim to this. It sounds like um, the Call of Duty is this. It's not Activision anymore for Call yeah. of Duty. Yeah, it oh, is. It's, it, it's Activision. Activision. They just they just own like Treyarch and those other yeah. small ones Infinity Ward and yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right. Um, so um, it sounds like Activision is starting to slip down that same slippery slope because Warzone was glitchy and buggy as hell with so many vulnerabilities for cheaters. So this is why crunch culture is a big deal, and it's gonna be. People are going to probably be a little nervous because um, Cyberpunk has been a very much anticipated game pretty much from announcement. And people have been waiting for this and it's been delayed and delayed again. And I know people like me and JD were like, okay, we're upset that it's delayed, but we'd rather you polish it and make it look and function better than release a garbage product and be buggy and then fix it over time. But then when you start talking about how they delayed it, and now they're saying we're not delay essentially saying we're not delaying anymore. We must rather overwork our employees to get it out on time. Yeah, exactly. And that's kind of dangerous to me. Um, yeah. It's scary. Yeah, what, what is that going to do? The Go ahead. I was going to say, what is that going to do the game on re release? Is there going right. to be glitches and bugs? Yeah. So. Does, yeah. Does that, does that mean? I mean, they're, they've, they said they already shipped it for certification. So does that mean with these people working overtime that your game's incomplete that it's crappy yeah. that it's going to be crashing on us uh i mean it's supposed to be a huge epic rpg like the witcher 3 or elder scrolls um so you know it doesn't it doesn't sit well with me uh mm -hmm. either way from a consumer standpoint or from a you know i want to see people been spend time with their family standpoint <laughs> like, yeah you know so. and, and 
like JD said, this and the reason why that causes concerns about glitches and issues, it's a beautiful looking game. It looks incredible. And like you said, it's a massive RPG. So those are those two things are taxing for a video game. And if they're not done properly, are gonna cause issues. Yeah. And rushing things is when you start having mistakes. So yeah. I'm still yeah. excited about the game. I'll probably get it. I just hope they don't abuse their employees too much. And I hope that the game is a most I would like near perfect polish, but that's rare these days in gaming. But at least it's they've done their due diligence to make sure this game is as polished as it can be before released. So, sure. All right, and that is it for our topics today. That's a mm. good round of stuff to talk about. We went through it as fast as we could <laughs> to not drag <laughs> this podcast on forever. Uh, do you have anything for the outro? I actually did. It is kind of go back to Rogue Company real quick. Um, Rogue Mastery has also been added. Um, I know those are familiar with games like Smite and League of Legends. There's Mastery for your gods. Um, I, I'm i going to just add the link to it. But for those of you who are looking about it, if you main a rogue and you wanted to be best in that rogue, you can show it off to the rest of the world when you play. It's now available for you to master it. Um, That's cool. There's, there's different talking points about the Mastery. But like JD said, we're trying to keep the podcast as close to 30 minutes as possible. So I'll I'll just link it in the description of the video and I'll give it to JD. So if he wants to put it in the podcast, he can show you the mastery list. Um, they also added custom matches. I completely forgot about that, and it's actually a big deal. Um, it was a, it allowed me to do my first community game night through Regiment, uh, and, and I know it's something that people have been asking for a while. Especially if people start doing this as pro, it allows them to be able to practice with their teams. So that's a big deal. Um, sure. and I know high res likes to be competitive have competitive gaming as a focus oh yeah esports is gonna be a huge for them yeah for, yeah. for sure so, yeah that's great all right so that, um, and oh go ahead you had more and oh, i was gonna just say this is a patch notes release and i like i said i'll just say i'm gonna probably tweet about it on twitter and then i'll like include it in the description there's actually a lot to read in here they did a lot in the last update so if you ever want to get in talk in contact with us, you can always check out our Twitter handles in the description of every episode. You can also use hashtag NTWP on Twitter. Uh, you can use that with a link that you think we'd like to discuss, or use it with artwork that you made, or whatever whatever floats your boat. Uh, and you can also join our Discord. I keep a Discord link in every episode. Now we have a channel where I post links to all the topics that we've talked about. So we'll have. The Rogue Company patch notes, and we'll have a link to the Cyberpunk 2077 story and things like that. So you can keep up with us uh, when we are talking about these things and you are listening to it. But other than that, I don't think we have anything else. Do you have anything else? Nope. Um, just I look forward to seeing you guys in the next one. I promise that my audio won't be messed up at the beginning of the podcast next time because I've already fixed it. Hooray! All right, we'll see but you guys next week for episode 29. Have a good night, everybody. Bye-bye.